Hey, I'm Tommy Chong. Welcome to High on Homegrown. Yes, yes. What is going on, everybody? We're on a break this week, but I didn't want to leave everybody out there without something to listen to. So we organized a sweet interview with somebody I like to call the unstoppable Earl Carruthers. This guy's got an awesome story about how he tried to get involved in the cannabis business, how he's been screwed over constantly by dodgy laws and and an unfair system. This whole episode is just the interview, but it's a good long one, good story. So I hope you enjoy it. And we're going to be back again on Sunday at 9 p.m. GMT over on our YouTube channel, High on Homegrown. We hope to see you all there. So with that, we'll leave you to the interview. Don't forget to share the episode. Come and say hi to us on Facebook and Twitter. And if you have any questions that you'd like us to answer on Sunday's show, then drop us an email at highonhomegrown at gmail.com. See you there. Enjoy, everybody. Hey, what's going on, Earl? You hey, here? You, you with us, man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you, uh, is my audio pretty good? Yeah, that's fine, mate. Lovely job, please. <laughs> yes, man. Are you are you rolling a cannabis cigarette there, Earl? I, I, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. How unprofessional. <laughs> they should already be rolled, mate. You know? <laughs> <laughs> just putting the final touches to one of mine. Bam, there yeah, we go. I've got half one here, and I've got one ready to roll for when this one runs out. So I'm all good. All good. What you got there, Earl? What's Earl got? He's showing us something. Oh, a infused uh, non-alcoholic beer. Nice. Yeah, is, that, is that CBD or THC infused? Which one is that? Well, it is full THC, bro. Full oh, extract. Sweet. Oh, full. I'd love to have a little bit of that. that that's oh. nice. So, oh, how you doing, man? How, how was the webinar? How did that all that go down? Uh, it went down well, man. It was uh first experience. It was a little, uh, you know, nerve wracking at first. Just never put nothing together like that, nor have I been publicly out there like that. Mm. Um, but, uh, Overall, I mean, just having the different guests come together and to see that was just beautiful. Like, you no, know, such as yourself and and Ed Rosenthal to uh, uh, Tommy Chong you know, was there. Danny Tommy Danko, Chong. I think, was there too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, just to see everybody really just getting behind the whole home grow movement was just mm. cool. You know. Oh yeah, man. Home grows where it's at. That's where we want to be at least. Yeah, uh, it was called the Homegrown Summit, was it? Yeah, that was the uh, Homegrown Weed Summit. Uh, note to self trying to do facebook with the name weed and it doesn't work out <laughs> <laughs> doesn't like weed man nothing fucking does it's 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 shocking out there man you have a real difficult time if you've got anything to do with cannabis you know anything can be shut down at any time facebook youtube well. twitter yep you know we've all experienced it pain in the ass but it's just one of them things we have to suffer for now yeah yeah until uh 2040 right when all the research is done man when all the research is finally fucking done yeah when they finally get around to doing that research you mean the research that's been done for the last 20 years yeah we're going back to CDs as well did you know that 
<laughs> so I assume that you got in the background there. Uh, is that the name of your podcast? Is it? Yeah, yeah. This is uh the podcast. I mean, there's a story behind all this, but these are different brands. It really uh, just kind of uh, after they kept changing changing regulations. You know, at one point, you know, 2009, 2010, you can operate a cannabis business just with a medical card. Really. All right. Um, yeah, and then um, 2014, 2015, they just started raiding everybody because um, not really because it was un- not clearly in the law. It was the whole still reefer madness of, of I don't want the weed in my neighborhood. Well, mm. instead of sending a letter and saying, hey, we don't want this here. Let me just raid you and turn your life upside down. So NIMBY, yeah. NIMBYs, yeah. 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 So now, Earl, so you yeah. said they, they came and got you. Was that the feds or was that your local government that came after you? Uh, both. It was uh, at first it was uh, the local sheriffs, uh, mm-hmm. county sheriffs. So it's county and then there's city police. Right. So the county sheriffs, because um, I lived in a county that was predominantly kind of anti. Uh, we even though in Michigan, I believe like 63 percent of people voted for the Medical Marijuana Act. Mm-hmm. Each county was different. Um, and in this county, it, it wanted like 50.7 to 49.3 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that makes for bad yeah. relations right there then, because half the people love it and half the people hate it. Exactly, exactly. So, um, so yeah, so, but, and then our, 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 our city prosecutor and the attorney general both were not for it. So the city um, or the county prosecutor, I'm sorry, so it, it really depend on what county you lived in and what that prosecutor stood for. Um, depend on, it, that depended on if you were going to get raided or not. That was it. Mm. It doesn't sound like a very easy or fair system for anybody right there. It's basically, Seems to do be we the like way. you? <laughs> do we like you? Do we want to bother you? It's one of those things almost like they have a choice whether they want to get you or not. It's not following the law blindly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's and it's not like you're intently trying to avert the law. It's like you're like, oh shit, this is a new opportunity. Oh mm-hmm. man, I can you know get in ground level and and be one of the first ones in the industry and take the risk and the, and the learning of what to do and what not to do. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the spirit, not oh shit, let's fuck the government and the police. You know that 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 wasn't the spirit. You it's know? just trying to make an honest business, man. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh. And the barrier to entry wasn't as high. Um, I know we want regulation and stuff like that, but there's with regulation comes with higher barrier to entry on the business mm-hmm. side. Um, this was, it was self-regulated, meaning um, no, no one is going to be able to survive long-term selling bullshit weed. Um, no, uh, no. Yeah, yeah. So it's not like you had to be the best and you couldn't have bad customer service. Like people... There was a lot of people being able to grow, being able to, so it, it naturally regulated itself because you wanted to be the best of the best. Um, before you were required to do testing, we did our own testing, you know what I mean? So stuff like that, so. Mm-hmm. Wait, you mean just like smoke test? Or did you have facilities to do testing on your own weed? Yeah, there, there was actually labs um, at the time that, yeah, they actually just, um, like I remember like Sci Labs, there was Iron Labs, like you submit your stuff to the labs, not because you know you had to fall, like because you wanted that competitive advantage of yeah, mm-hmm. our stuff is you know lab tested. There's no moles, there's no pesticides. This is the TAC. Then then you're getting into terpenes. So um, 
yeah, you, you did it more from a competitive um, advantage and then for your own, you know, like consumption, you know, what's yeah, in yeah. it, what's not. Um, so, yeah, yeah. So you, do you grow yourself at home? Are you a home grower too? Yeah, yeah, that's actually how I got started. Um, I started nice. off growing. Yeah, I started off growing and then I grew, um, I don't want to save too much mojo, uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like I'm about, I'm about to go into the rant right now. But uh, <laughs> do it, man, do it. It'll be edited yeah. after. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, so that, that's actually how I got it. started in the industry was growing first. I uh, wanted to switch careers. Um, I actually came from the financial side of things. I actually, I, I was actually a financial advisor and stockbroker. Oh, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. With J.P. Morgan coming straight out of college so i, I played college football um and graduated you oh, was a banker it's, yeah 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 whoa. i came out came out uh as a banker the suit and tie fresh haircut um did you have to do I, any kind of crazy ceremonies to be initiated into being oh a banker god here he goes again because i've got <laughs> theories man <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't like the wolf of wall street at that point i, I missed that phase i missed right. the uh quaaludes and all that stuff man i uh but uh no yeah i mean i, I did have to pass the background check and at that time i had a great background um <laughs> at that time <laughs> <laughs> uh and then the whole financial all that stuff yeah so come out of college i did that Series seven, six, sixty-three. Um, did that for like two years. I, I did very well, um, but I wanted to just do my own thing. So I actually started my own credit repair business after that. Okay. Um, so I started fixing people's credit and that picked up very well. Um, and not not to always, I guess, chase the shiny object thing, but I was young. I'm still I'm young as an entrepreneur. Um, I wanted to find what business kind of worked for me. Mm -hmm. I read a book called Four Hour Work Week by Tim Ferriss. Um, and in that book, uh, one of the concepts of finding pretty much your, he calls it a muse, which is pretty much a business that helps you do the shit that you really want to do. Mm -hmm. um, get enough people doing it, getting 10,000, 20,000 a month from it allows you to go do other stuff. Like I wanted to coach flag football for kids or youth football, um, but I couldn't necessarily use that to. Yeah, I want a helicopter. <laughs> noted, noted, noted. Uh, this is what I'm doing so, all this for, man. I want to chop up. <laughs> so you can do get to the chopper in real time, eh? That's right. I know. Get to the chopper. Run up my driveway. <laughs> Slow motion music blasting. Yeah. But that's it. <laughs> you gotta you gotta search for the job you love because you'll never go to work again. It's one of those, mm. isn't it? So it that, is. that led me that, that led me to Googling. Uh, what kind of product business to do? Because I had a credit repair business, which is more service driven, mm -hmm. like, like, like your CPA or attorney, you got to uh, appointments, clients, you know, you got to go to court, per se, you're not merely making money unless you're physically there. Um, so I wanted a product where I didn't have to keep getting new clients um, and always had to be there. Mm -hmm. um, so then I started looking up, all right, in football, I cracked my pelvis. Um, and I didn't really want to take opioid stuff like that. I took some natural things. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to do a natural anti-inflammatory pill for sports athletes. That Ooh. was it. And I started Googling all the different remedies naturally for um, anti-inflammatory uh, remedies. And then cannabis came up. Mm. And then this is like 2007, 2008. And then Michigan, uh, the Michigan Medical Mar uh, Marijuana Act passed in 2008. 
And I actually had reefer madness at the time during playing football and sports. I thought if I did, like, I didn't drink really until college. Oh, wow. Um, so, so you hadn't even touched weed up until this point, until you started researching it for the medical uses. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I started reading more and more. And I was like, oh, wow. I never knew at this time, you no know, marijuana could, could do this. So uh, there was a six-week cannabis college um, that was locally here. It's not here no more. But um, I ended up signing up for that six-week college course that was local that taught you how to grow, taught you about the law in 2008, 2009. Um, it taught you, like, I didn't, I actually never knew marijuana was called cannabis until I was there. And they were saying cannabis, indica, sativa. I was like, wow, that sounds so much cooler. Why do we call it marijuana? <laughs> but, but yeah, and then at the end of it, um, I learned how to cut a couple of clones, got some basic understanding of how to grow, got the um, Grower's Bible book as well. So you know the whole Jorge um, Cervantes. Yeah, Jorge. I, I, mean, I was reading that. And then I actually had his DVD uh, back then. Yeah, too. when uh, we wore the beret with the dreads and the sunglasses. <laughs> yeah. Like just just kept rewinding like, okay, how did he do that? What was that? Uh, so yeah, and then that, that's how I started. I uh, took that. Um, I got my medical card at the time. It took like, um, it was like uh, $100 per patient uh, in Michigan. You can um, register as a patient for yourself. So it's a doctor. I'm actually trying to wash my eyes, by the way. I, I, I learned the technique. You're supposed to hold your breath in or something like that. But all right. um, anyways, uh, so it was a hundred bucks for you to send to the state and a hundred bucks for the doctor to get your medical card. And then you can do that for up to five different patients. So you plus five others. So I could possess two and a half ounces and 12 plants for just me. And then I could do that for five other people. So uh, 12 times five is 60. 60. So I can have another 60 plants on top of my 12. So mm. I can grow 72 plants. Mm. But you could only hold a certain amount of ounces. What was that? Two and a half ounces. Two and ounce a half ounces. Second. Looking at 12 yeah, and a half ounces uh, for everybody. Per patient. So that's 15 ounces for them. Uh, well, it's 12 and a half for them. And then my two and a half, which is 15 ounces. Right. Okay. Um, so at the time, we used to call it a Michigan pound. Uh because it was it was 15 ounces instead of 16 um, that we can actually carry around. So, yeah, and then I started growing. And then when you grow 72 plants, it's a lot more than you can consume on your own. Uh -huh. you oh, yeah. oh, yeah. <laughs> you could give it a good try. Yeah. I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you on it. yeah, I think even GB fail that one. Though, I'd, like I'd say so. I would say so. <laughs> Did you grow these outdoors? Uh, indoors, indoors. I actually got a uh, a where uh, like a warehouse building. I was just gonna say that. Did you have a warehouse? Because you're not gonna grow seventy two plants in a couple of tents in your spare room too easy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like I was trying to set it up the best as I can, but the, the ceilings were too low in the basement. Right. And then, like you said, trying to actually lay it out was like ah, I'm gonna have to do something else. Mm. Um, so I went and got a industrial, um, actually rented a industrial um, place. It's only about two thousand square feet. Um, but I ended up building it out. Um, I set it up to, to grow. Then in Michigan, what you call is called overages. Like you, like anything over your 15 ounces was called overages. So you like, it, it's, you have these overages and it was kind of like, what do you do with all these overages? And in the law in, in, in the medical marijuana act, there was this clause that said a caregiver can assist a patient and receive compensation. Um, or reimbursement for the cost of pretty much what went into growing. Okay. 
that one sentence is how every single dispensary opened up between 2008 and 2016. Mm-hmm. So they if were I was in, with cannabis. Yes. Right. Yes. And, and you were getting compensation for the cost that was incurred to grow it. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Cause it does, it does. So and then you can include your wage as far as cost yeah. as far in that, in that as well. Ah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that's how delivery started. That's how um, in Michigan, the first market, the, medical market kind of boomed was because you know we only served patients we had to make sure you had a card and as long as i was a caregiver now again you're limited to how much you could mm. grow you're limited to how much you could carry but mm. clearly you wasn't limited to who you could assist right as long as they were a patient um and that's when i started a delivery service from my, my overages and then <laughs> from the <laughs> <laughs> genius man he's like his man is on the hustle hardcore well he was in finance he knows you how know to work the system so he's yeah he, he just uh, wants to make money yeah no. yeah no That's honestly hungry. i mean at, at, at that point it was pure um entrepreneur opportunity um mm-hmm. taking advantage of, of well not say taking advantage yeah i was yeah i was taking advantage yeah, of the opportunity it's a gap yeah, in the market yeah. man it's where yeah. you make money if you see it yeah. you've got to go for it you know yeah, yep. and um, and I, I got fulfillment out of growing, and so again, trying to find that product, that business that would allow me to you know do the things that you really want to do on a you know on a day to day basis. If it's mm-hmm. not you know just working in a coal mine or whatever you're doing, like all right, what if I had a business that would pay for my basic needs and I can go travel or I can go do this, mm-hmm. and that's what cannabis business was doing for me. So I started the delivery service, um, and then um. I pride myself on five things, pretty much based on weed maps. It was you got rated on customer uh, knowledge, um, or not customer knowledge, but your um, the person who served you uh, knowledge mm-hmm. of the staff. You got rated on the atmosphere, um, so how how you made people comfortable. You got rated on your pricing. Um, you got rated uh, on the product quality, mm-hmm. um, and then your service. So I took that rating. And I made sure that I was getting five stars on all of those. Sweet, man. Uh, and and that was pretty much my, you know, like business plan. My model was like, all right, get five stars on weed maps. <laughs> and then uh, kind of see what, yeah. And then business took off. I mean, I was on time. You know, a lot of people were still being, you know, it was treated like a hustle, not yeah, yeah. really like a true business. 15 minutes around the corner, mate. 15 minutes. Right. Yeah. Two hours later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Coming yeah. to that- you now, fam. Yeah, that's not fucking <laughs> drug dealer bullshit, isn't it? Yeah. I have we, delivery we? will be there between the hours of eight o'clock and, and ten o'clock. Right. Yeah. Please be available. And that's eight a.m. to ten p.m. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, that's it. Needs yeah. to be taken more seriously. You know, people who can be on time, provide good service, you provide good quality product with a good price, are, are no doubt going to be su- successful. Uh, well, sure, yeah. we got to take it out of the back alleys and make it like a real business and give real customer mm-hmm. service. Now. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you what, if we did have been around legal when I did, like started my flipping business empire, and I wouldn't be a builder now. <laughs> Believe me, <laughs> sure, man. Sure. You'd be Earl. I would be. I would be Earl. Yes, I'd be the UK well, version. Of. So what happened from then, then, Earl? You were yeah, it wasn't. Then. Yeah, so I was delivering, and then of course I couldn't get to all the uh, all the calls I was getting. I mean, I could, you could only do so many deliveries in a day because of logistics right i mean you can only uh, i was capping out at maybe 15 you know i'm driving 30 minutes here 60 minutes here you know based upon the cause then you try to map it out so then i end up hiring um some drivers 
Mm-hmm. Um, then at the same time, I still had that credit repair business. So I had an office. It's like, you know what? I'm just going to start taking weed appointments in my clinic, uh, in my credit repair office. So <laughs> I had drivers do the deliveries. And then um, in the clinic, I, I would have appointments. I, I had by appointment only, now on Weed Maps, and we deliver. Um, so people will call, make appointments. So now I was scaling the the whole model. Yes, but then it came up. It came a problem because my credit repair business, like I, I could fix a judge or a police officer's credit, um, or I could have a weed appointment come in and you open up the jars, you show them. It's like you know, it's an office setting. I show it. Mm-hmm. You know, they get what they got. All right, I put the jars away. Next appointment could be a judge coming in, and they're like, "They're like, what's that smell, man?" I'm like, "Oh man, you know what? I got to do." So I was like, "All right, you know what?" This business could support its own. Uh, the credit repair and my a brother had joined me in the credit repair. Um, it's like, you know what? Let's go get another office building where I can have two different suites. So I moved two miles uh, uh, south. Was the weed Still, that stinky, bro? Shit. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I had to move two miles away. Well, well, I moved. I moved two miles to this new office building to where I could get two suites next to each other. So in like nice. two oh nine was my credit repair and then 210 was this corner suite where i installed this air filtration system nice. like i told the landlord everything and like so now i have so i wasn't like a traditional dispensary where you had a sign that says i sell weed here mm-hmm. um this was like by appointment and it was more like a collective it was like a doctor's office type thing you had mm-hmm. to come in you see a reception so now i hire a receptionist um i hire a couple you know bud tenders and now you know i'm and, and and we still deliver. And it's like, I'm pretty much what we call a so-and-so dispensary, but now in an office model. Mm. Um, yeah. So, and we was, man, it was, it was nice. Um, yeah, we were man. banking. Um, and then we got raided. Lame. Um, was you raided? there? What happened? You got a phone call? Were you in the office? You know, what? I thought we were getting robbed. Until you notice behind all the masks, they were all white. I was like, oh, no, we're getting raided. <laughs> Fair enough, man. Fair enough. I was like, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. These are cops. We're not good. It's all good, man. Oh, shit, we're getting raided. So, uh, <laughs> they came in. It was, it was, shit, shit was like, t- I mean, it was, they came in with, no. AKs, yeah. uh, ski masks, kick yeah. in the door. Uh, yeah. I mean, dogs. I mean, you thought it was like they were going to war, and it was like oh, it's just we, man, and us. Yeah, like, <laughs> we know you got a stapler in there, man. Don't touch that stapler. <laughs> so now this is. Now I'm going to pause there for one second because now this starts case number two. Case number one was back when I was doing just deliveries. Um, I operated the business out of my car, so I had. Actually, it was it was cool. Um, I had this uh, Mario's Brothers bag, like a little duffel bag. But it was no, Mar- it was like a cart. It was a cartoon bag, Mario and Luigi. And I took those mason jars. You know, buy a thing of mason jars. It comes with those cardboards. Uh, yep. Oh man! And did the you bag know, have like a green pipe on it, and you could pull <laughs> yeah. the jars out the pipe? That would be yeah, shit, just- man. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so I had this Mario bag, which was my. I had the uh, different mason jars, like variety of. Know seven to ten different kinds. I have different edibles in there, a couple of different concentrates. So if I got a call and I was somewhere else, I could take the call and I can go there. So I was actually out to dinner, 
with my girlfriend at the time um, at PF at PF Chang's is this fancy Chinese restaurant. Mm-hmm. Uh, just got a brand new Jeep Cherokee. Things are going good. You know, this is the, the new Cherokee came out. Girlfriend going out to dinner, getting valet, baby. <laughs> uh, we got valet. I come out to I got a call. I was like, okay, you know, we're up a dinner. We're gonna go do this uh delivery. I get a call, I get to the car, now I drive to the suburban area about seven miles with my lights off because oh. I'm used to it being automatic when you get in the yeah, car. I know that feeling, mate. Yeah, yeah. Lights should be on, but valet it's, turned it's, them they, off. The valet turned it off. Yeah, it's happened to me before when I'm driving up the road, everyone's flashing me. I'm like, what the fuck flashing at me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my like, bad. What's up? So I get I get pulled over right when I'm. This is in an area called Beverly Hills, which is not the California, oh, yeah. not California Beverly Hills, but in Michigan Beverly Hills, which is mm-hmm. still kind of bougie area. Um, I get pulled over, and this is again. I had a financial background. I was a banker. You know, I, I actually never really. This is my first experience of driving while black. I used to think, you know, I was the type of person of you know, all right, yes, I'm black, yes. You know, some things could be, you know, people could look at me, but not me. You know, mm-hmm. I'm Earl, you know, I'm, I'm different. Like, no, one's, you know, they're going to, you know, I got education, you know, I, I speak a certain way. Like, no, you know, I get pulled over. None of that shit matter, bro. This was, oh. you know, yeah, I, I got pulled out the car because um, it turns out that my license had a hold on it um, because I had tenant windows. Like, business was good. I had I had a Corvette, too. I had a brand new blue Corvette. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I'm just saying, you know, I was I was hustling, but I had, you know, had a Cherokee and a Corvette, and then uh, I had tinted windows. You know, thought I was, you know, and I got a ticket for tinted windows. I paid it a couple of days later. There was a late fee, and I didn't pay that, so that oh. ended up putting a hold on my license. So, you know, save on my license. So instead of, you know, they could have just said, you look, there's a ticket, you know, for um. We got to turn your lights on. There's a ticket for your, you know, your license. Let your girl drive. You can't drive because, you know, just holding your license. All right. Mm-hmm. Could have did that. Yeah, yeah. Good story. No. Get out the car. Get put in the back of the car. Pull my girlfriend out. Put her in the back of the car and started searching the car. Now, of course, you need probable cause to search the car, but they don't give, you know, mm. probable cause. They would call that later. We weren't smoke. I wasn't drinking the car. Other than mm. the fact that my license had a hold on it was the only reason. Uh, but that that's not a constitutional right to search your car. That's you know, they no. could have pound your car, um, something mm-hmm. like that. But yeah, but they put me in a the car, they search through because this is now on videotape when, when I do take this case to court, um, that they go to my uh, my car and they go, oh, there's marijuana in here because I had that delivery bag. Um, so they open up the jars and on tape, they smell it. Um, and then they actually sprinkled a little bit in my in my girlfriend's purse at the time. What? Um, yes. And put as if there's weed on her and arrested us both. Um, Fuck and oh. I was put in jail for again. They have like seventy-two hours to hold Damn. you. They have, they have seventy-two hours to hold you before they charge you. Um, so they uh, held me for the full seventy-two hours and her. And I mean, they interrogate they in- they interrogated me, her, like as if I was big meat, bro, with this little mason jar of Mario Brother bag you know of weed. Think, thinking, yeah, man, they, like they, they you try know to where the her. fuck Bin Laden is or something. Yeah. You know? Yes, mm. like fuck, man. They were doing psychology games, man, like making me walk past her who's in jail and she's in tears. She never been in jail. Um, like she work. tells me afterwards, they were telling me he's just using you. You're just a side chick. Damn. You know, there's plenty- yeah, yeah, they was doing all this stuff, man. And then uh, so they end up letting us out. She didn't, you know, say anything about much. Uh, 
and then um let us out you know i get i get an attorney man, everybody's looking me about looking for me they thought i got shot got robbed you're gone for 72 hours i didn't even get a phone call um okay, that's not how, right. man. you got a right to a phone call let's yeah know you're there at least 100 and then um when i did end up like 48 to 72 hours got a phone call i ended up calling my brother he ended up you know having an attorney come out there and get me um and we end up uh coming out so uh now mind you eight months later um i get charged with a felony with position with possession with intent to deliver um because now in my briefcase my Mario brothers thing I had all my medical cards. I had my uh, medical, or well, at the time we had paperwork. Um, I had proof of my cash check, proof of my doctor recommendation, all that in like a folder. This is, pro, this is a professional folder inside of that. Um, but they charged me later because that allowed me to carry what I was carrying, mm. but they end up counting. I had 2000 brownies. They counted each brownie as weed. No. Which, <laughs> and that which took, took you over me, the limit. It took me, it took me from having I only had like seven, eight ounces in a car of flour and like two dozen brownies. It took me from having seven, eight ounces to 72 ounces, bro. Just for the, for the, the count, each cookie is an ounce. Okay, One bro. ounce in a cookie. I, I want that cookie. I wouldn't yeah, want that yeah. cookie, man. <laughs> Honestly, believe Brownie, me, yeah, I don't yeah. want it. You wouldn't eat it. <laughs> no. So now I get charged with that. That was in like um, November. And then that January is when this raid happens. So case number two is what goes on um, now. So now how we get rated, you ask. All right. I did ask. Now, if I just... <laughs> how did no, you get it... rated? <laughs> I was waiting for somebody to ask the question. I'm glad you asked me that question. Yeah. Uh, so again, you know, a caregiver system, a certain, I mean, this was a tight knit business. You know, we scan people's like, it was like a clinic. You come into a doctor's office, there's a check-in. Uh, we need to see your paperwork as there's a new intake as a new mm -hmm. member of the collective. There's yeah, man, trying to be legit, and it, trying to follow the rules. Yeah. So um, uh, you could not get in without that. Nope. There's plenty of people try to come in. You know, we could have made a lot more if we did, but we didn't. We did everything by the book, best as we can, by letter of law. They had a cop come in with a fake ID, a fake medical marijuana card, a fake doctor recommendation, and a fake cashier's check that showed that the state of Michigan cashier check. Um, because if the state of Michigan, even though you have a recommendation, you still got to send it into the state. And then you need proof that they cashed it because if the state cashed it, that means that they approved you um, mm -hmm. in the meantime before you got your physical card, which took maybe six to eight months during that time. Um, so he had all these things to show that you are a legitimate patient, scanned them, became a member in December. Uh, came in, did normal transaction. It was like he came in and got like five pounds. And I was like, all right, guys, I fucked up. I sold him five pounds. Mm -hmm. No, he, you know, he got a gram here. He got, um, at the time we had like this medical um medicated milk like we will make chocolate milk like on a spot for people mm -hmm. um he got that and then he's you know on on because there's audio tape he's he's acting as a patient all the time my back hurts you know i need this i need that um he got a like the most he got at one time was like a quarter um of of of, of an ounce like seven grams that's um, like entrapment you know so then he made like three made three or four buys in december and then that january like fourth um after new year's is when they came in and rated based upon their argument was again by the law everyone open up a caregiver can assist a patient in the county that i was in the prosecutor said nah what that means is a caregiver can only assist the patient what do you mean the it says a i can read you know i understand yeah. that 
Um, it says, hey, no, it means the, only the. So the fact that we did, we sit to someone outside of the patients that we can grow for is how they rated us. And that, and, and they said, let the courts sort it out after oh, that. Fuck it out. So they what drag- did you do to piss them coppers <laughs> off, bro? <laughs> <laughs> it was going back to, I was in a county that did, was not friendly towards weed and they were rating mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. but you know you hear stories of all right you know they you know they serve somebody without a car or you know one person had like alligators and guns inside their location it's like all right look y'all, y'all, mm-hmm. you guys are doing a little too much here okay i'm actually legitimately just trying to actually now it becomes a move like i'm actually helping like i'm seeing people come in their lives are changing mm-hmm. it becomes like now it starts wearing your heart you you, you kind of got in it for money then you realize damn you actually are making a difference for yes, these people yeah. Like it, it, it's like, man, now it becomes fulfilling and mm-hmm. it's more than money. Money is like, fuck, who cares about that? Now it's like, you have a purpose, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. And that's kind of what it, it became. You had this community, you know, people were calling you outside of work, just talking to you. Like you were like their counselor. Like it became, yeah, just, just, just beautiful, just life purpose. And then, yeah. yeah a so, pillar of the community in some way. Yeah, 100%. And, uh, and and you did everything on the up and up. And we were educating people. We're talking. It was trying to be uh, ahead of our time, talking about terpenes before terpenes. I mean, was talking about terpenes and, mm. you know, how Indica Sativa can tell you how a plant looks, but it's not really how it's going to make you feel. Um, mm-hmm. uh, just stuff like that. But um, so, yeah, so we end up uh, in a county. Now, mind you, you ever drive down a freeway where one side of the freeway is raining and then on the other side is not? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like that's how it was. Like, it was, it, there's a line called Eight Mile. Maybe it's been popular. Maybe you guys heard like Eminem, like Eight Mile. Yeah, think about so, it. Yeah. <laughs> on one side of Eight Mile, it's raining like a mofo. That's Oakland County. That's where mm-hmm. I was. On the other side of Eight Mile is Detroit. They don't give a shit. They have bigger things to worry about, like rapes and 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 killers and mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. stuff like that going on in the city. So a lot of people started opening up in Detroit or in Wayne County because they were more friendly. So, yeah, that's so I was in a county that did not really support it. So then, yeah, we got raided. And then um, I was fighting, yeah, those cases at the same time. That's fucking. And of course, that must have been expensive. Oh, so it wasn't just me. Goodbye, nice Jeep. Goodbye, Camaro. Goodbye. Oh, 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 oh. I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that up. (laughs) I'm glad you. Oh. Asset forfeiture took the no. vet, took the Jeep, um, um, went into, um, took all my, froze all the money in my bank accounts, frozen. Any cash on, they went into my house, broke into the safe, took money. Um, not only that, um, my brother, who was partners in my credit repair business, had nothing to do with this marijuana business, legit. Mm-hmm. Um he helped sign the lease because I didn't have time to go sign. He signed the lease for both suites. My brother actually was a Detroit police officer. No way. Interesting. Detroit police officer. He ended up getting charged in this case because his name was on the lease as a co-conspirator and got kicked off God and got damn. kicked off the force. The no. Fuck. So you're asking me if this case costs money. So it's not just me that's getting charged here, like in case number one. Uh, case number two, this case, it's me plus six other defendants because you had the person working the front desk. You had the bud tenders as well. Uh, me, my brother. Wow. Yeah, there's six of So I had to pay for all of our attorneys because I mean, I would have felt shitty like, all right, mm-hmm. no, I had to take leadership responsibility. You guys are in here because you believed in me. 
I'm not gonna just leave y'all out here, you know, hanging yeah, yeah, dry. Hanging dry. So it's just like, yeah, man. I, six different attorneys. I went, man. I flipped through so many show pony attorneys. Um, I was like, no, because I really felt like we were doing what we had to do mm-hmm. legitly, mm-hmm. and uh, we ended up getting that case dismissed based upon entrapment. Well done, man. Well done. Did you Over get your six cars back and all the rest of that as well? No, because. Oh. Forfeit, your forfeiture law is different than criminal. Um, that because well, your, your your stuff is civil, and yes. you personally is a criminal. I actually sound like I'm attorney because I've been to court with them. So <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you got your civil cases, which is your stuff, your your property, and then you as a criminal. So if I was to pursue that, because this case went on for like eight years, Whoa. um, Whoa. yeah. So if I was to pursue that, it would have jeopardized the criminal case mm-hmm. at the time and attorneys i had at first were pretty shitty it took me a minute to actually find a legit core group of fighting attorneys not hey let's take a plea mm-hmm. attorneys uh because right. i i everyone stuff to get which is very unique usually you got six people people flipping on each other you know people mm-hmm. you know want, i don't want to do this like we all stuck together as a unit mm-hmm. throughout the entire process it got stressful believe me it was yeah of course you know man. you know that, that shit but um, over eight years they must have put a lot of pressure on you because we got to dismiss on entrapment um and then after you know maybe 15 different attorneys later um who actually could argue the medical marijuana act and then guess what happened they appealed it bro they appealed it so even though you win they appealed it to the next the they as in the prosecutors appealed mm-hmm. our dismissal <laughs> right so then now we thought we went through this whole thing like oh my god it's all over oh damn we got to go back yeah. so we had to go we had to go to the court of appeals man court of appeals what for yes. did you want to get compensation or something for everything you'd been through well, they they appealed it because they didn't believe that entrapment was the right ruling because oh, right, of this. the police appealed. Yes, the, okay. the, yes, the, okay. the the Oakland County, yeah, the prosecutors appealed it, saying that the judge ruling of entrapment wasn't correct. They 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 did not agree and they wanted to appeal it to the next court up God to overrule damn. that. Yes, because that's probably a tactic they use everywhere else. And if they if that's entrapment there, then that's going to change like, how many other cases they they're playing here. You know. <laughs> Yeah, because you bullied this copper at school or something. Oh, <laughs> fuck, <man? laughs> I, I see the loop you're in here, man. This this is awful. Yeah, so yeah, this is this is uh, so yeah, so then you get appeal because their argument was that entrapment. They didn't they didn't entrap you into a behavior that you were already doing, um, which right. true we were doing it, but yet we were doing it underneath the medical marijuana act. You mm-hmm. gotta you can't separate. It wasn't like yeah, if we were just you know hustling without these type of cards and this like i have business card what drug dealer you know got business cards and you know <laughs> just <laughs> like I, had a, I got a website like your man's got, like, an, office. got an office <laughs> <laughs> it's not, not just an office it's a fucking suite <laughs> and he takes appointments yeah. like, would you, this is a professional i had like sop standard operating procedures you know like, man was on like, time no, is, that's it yeah. that, that's that wind it there he can't be a drug dealer if he's on time you know what, what was paid fun? taxes yes and then, and then it was funny that the, uh, the prosecutor made it. The, my, my attorney told me uh, on a side comment, he said, yeah, they, they actually made this case pretty easy because they actually seized our operation manual. But pretty much said 
exactly how we operate because it was a true business. You know what I mean? I wanted to scale it. Um, but anyways, uh, so yeah, they, they appealed it. Um, and our argument was you entrapped us because we had this thing called immunity, meaning if you fell within, I'm not going to get too common. If I'm boring, you let me know. No, no, but, carry on, uh, no. Um, e Immunity means, you know what? You fall within this tight line, um, then we can't do nothing to you. You are immune from arrest. Meaning if I had less than my 15 and a half ounces or 15 ounces, you know, and I got pulled over, I, the cop should not arrest me because it's, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm within that. If I had less than my 12 or 72 plants, if, I, if I'm within that limit, I have immunity, meaning, you know, you can't really do anything to me. Yeah, you've done nothing um, wrong. Yeah. Right. But we also have a safety net, which is called affirmative defense, where if you over that, um, if things happen, or maybe you need more than that, maybe, you know, you need, you know, 500 plants because you juice cannabis mm -hmm. and 72 doesn't do that. So there's this affirmative defense, meaning you get to defend yourself, um, but you got to meet three elements. And this is where entrapment comes in. Underneath the Michigan, Michigan Medical Marijuana Act, you got to prove three things. One, you had a legitimate, bona fide relationship with your doctor. Um, bona fide became a big argument. Like, what does that mean? Not mm -hmm. like a boner, like, but bona fide <laughs> meaning like it's legit. Like, you didn't just go on Skype and some random person say, "Yeah, here you go." Mm -hmm. Like, you yeah. actually someone evaluated you, something yeah. like that. That's that's cool. All right, so prove that. Two, you had to prove it was a reasonable amount. Meaning, if you have 500 plants, explain, yeah, I juice. Or maybe you make hash oil because that's why you have, um, you know, a pound. Because mm -hmm. you're making that into oil um, and you're not really smoking it because you don't like smoking it. Mm -hmm. So you could explain it's a reasonable amount. Uh, we could have did that because, you know, he only got seven grams here, a couple, you know, a milk here. That's reasonable for someone to have for an un, uh, un, an uninterrupted supply is what you got to prove. So one, bona fide relationship. Two, reasonable amount. And then three, that is for medical use. Um, now, meaning that you have your medical card or you have your history, you can prove it as medical use. However, the cop was going to take the stand and say, no, I don't smoke. So it's not for my medical use. So that's how we're saying, well, you entrapped us out of our own defense because yeah. you're lying. You impose as a patient and then you're going to take the stand and say you don't really smoke. How are we supposed to know that? Yeah. You, you know, so that's how the judge saw it. Um, on a county level, like if you went to a pharmacy, you had a fake prescription and a fake ID, you're not going to raid the pharmacy. You're going to arrest the person who, the person who committed that felony is the one yeah. with the fake yeah. ID, yeah, yeah. with the exactly. fake that's prescription. The committing the crime. Yeah, exactly. So in that case, that's how we got dismissed. And then when it went to the court of appeals, right. they actually saw it differently. They actually reversed it. Wow. Um, they reversed it. Um, and, um, and now again, a court of appeals at this time, was very unfavorable. I'm going to pause for mm -hmm. a second. Oh, wait, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually venting right now. I'll never get to tell my whole story. Dude, now, man, Pills, I'm enjoying this. This is a great story, man. I'm pausing that one right there because that one got reversed. Now, case number one, which is now called the Brownie case. Right? Okay. Because... <laughs> we shall refer to it as the Brownie case. <laughs> the, the Brownie case. The 72 Google... ounces of Brownie <laughs> 72 case. ounces of weed. Of weed. <laughs> I got arrested for... I'm in court, you know. So I end up taking it to trial. I got a fun... I got a funny story why it's called Brownie. Uh, I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not taking, I'm, I'm not taking a plea. You know, all this, you know, when she has the fan, when you're going through that, you end up because of the pressure. I mean, you're going through this uphill battle. Uh -huh. I get why people take a plea. It's, it's yeah, not yeah. that, you know, that shit wears on your soul, your spirit. Just, it, it's it, got to be so tiring, man. You, you just yes. want it to stop, don't you? And you, you, you're going to willing to take that plea if you get a good deal. Yeah. 
yeah like financially like all of it is just like i just want it so it's not you, you took a plea because you're guilty it's more of i just don't want to go through, through this no more mm-hmm. um or i may not want to even take the chance of going to jail um and i'm just like it's like oh, false man, confession in it <laughs> yeah 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 but it's it because yeah it's it's you know we know it's a broken system but yeah it's set up like that and that's that's why a lot of you know now i'm getting into the whole um unequality of things and why you know black people are five times more likely to get arrested for the same product that someone else is using at the same rate mm-hmm. um um or if you end up and, and getting arrested and prosecuted and you're like it keeps going up you're eight to nine times more likely to take a plea because of yeah you you don't have the financial means mm-hmm. to go through this yeah. um and you don't want to you know yeah so it's not like and then when you have that on your record now it's just this this web now you're caught in this fucking web yeah of now i can't get this job or i can't get this financing i can't do this and that and then it creates this whole you know how you're controlling yeah, just the a population. cycle of poverty man you know yeah so i'm like no i'm not a fucking victim no i'm not enough no let's go you want to go to trial let's yeah, go man. whatever nice i'm gonna keep i'm gonna keep hustling you know as i'm doing this whatever so <laughs> they didn't like that uh they wanted me to take a plea they, i mean the pressure was on um i took it to trial i was like no nah, i'm gonna go to trial um so i'm going to trial um and i got you know offered quite a few i'm like no i'm not even taking a misdemeanor nope i'm what 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 am i pleading guilty to yes sir yes i am guilty for possessing brownies like what am i going to say right now yeah like so i'm like no i can't so i took it to trial and right at trial uh, i'm thinking how can i be guilty if all the brownies all the jars have medical labels on them said you know this is medical marijuana no, this is how many grams is in the brownie. I'm like, how are they going to even like they have to be able to see that you know, there's only one gram of cannabis inside the brownie, or even if you tested it, mm-hmm. you know, it would tell you the THC and take that compared to you know how much cocoa and eggs and all the other stuff that's in it. It's not all weed, people. Yeah, this yeah. brownie is actually made of other stuff. Um, but what they did was when when I went to trial, they brought the evidence, they black markered out any of the word medical marijuana. No. Whoa. That's what I'm thinking, Zian. How have the fucking got away with that? And and you know, uh, you call it uh I call this left ball or, or just out of just like a lot of shit was just like, where the fuck did that come from? Um, that was a left ball, and then another left ball was the judge, uh the prosecutor made a motion to not allow me to say the word um medical marijuana or or my attorney because they huh. felt like I'll be trying to get sympathy from the jury um and they don't want me to pull a sympathy card so i couldn't even couldn't even say the word marijuana and the evidence was crashed out so what does it look like it looked like a black man selling weed yeah fucking right man found guilty wow found guilty found guilty first found guilty and then usually you know all right you know if it's and another reason why i took it to uh, trial was i had an automatic right to appeal um so if i took a plea you know i couldn't appeal um so i took the trial had an automatic to appeal i'm thinking all right worst case all right i have no record all right you're gonna give me probation okay all right all right i'm going to appeal this in the meantime no they revoked my bond right then and there bro right then and there revoked my bond sent me to jail right Whoa. then and there um Usually you, you know, if you're found guilty, you got to come back in a couple of weeks for your sentencing. Right, right. Uh, and, and, and you're on bond. But no, they revoked it because of case number two was going on. He was saying he's a danger to society. Um, 
this is that. I'm like, oh my goodness, you got danger to society selling medical marijuana. Wait a minute now. That's yeah, that's not right, man. Shit. I didn't make any plans, y'all, to go to jail that day. Okay, it wasn't like I was like, you know, <laughs> has no bag, put it in my car just in case. No, no, no. So, and and then at the time, again, I'm an entrepreneur. I actually was about to um the next. This was in February. In March, uh, was a grand opening, the ribbon cutting. I actually, had the mayor of the city coming out for a gym that I was opening up. It was called a TV gym where you work out the TV workouts in a gym. So I legitimately like I'm I, I'm wasn't. You know, just out here, I'm legitimately trying to do stuff, make, you know, make a mark and and, and yeah. be a, a legitimate entrepreneur. So, and so I get put in jail in February. So then I'm like, damn, now all, you know, my affairs are just out of whack. Who's feeding my dog? Like, <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. like all this stuff got to get there. So now it takes two weeks for you to get sentencing. So I'm like, all right, it's going to be 14 days. You know, uh, coming up on day 13, they lost my paperwork, uh, quote unquote. So it's I had to wait a whole these 13 days. Are you in jail at this time or you're oh, in jail, bro? In so, jail. And they conveniently in... lost your paperwork. I'm yes, I'm, I am in jail. Um, just bored as shit. Um, there is nothing to do in there. It is boring. Um, and the food is not that good. And uh, it's fucking yeah. dangerous in jail. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's, and it's overcrowded, by the way. I'm yeah. in a way. And and I'm in like an area that was meant for like uh, I think like storage, but they end up putting like twelve of us in this area where like we're sleeping on like these little like uh Plastic like yoga mats. Things, yeah. yeah, 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 like little mats. I'm just like, oh my god, flashbacks. But for weed, uh, for weed, yes, man, for weed. So uh, I'm in there. So now I'm in there for like thirty days. Um, I come out, I get sentenced to the max sentence of probation, five years. Oh, um, I get five years probation. While in the meantime, I appeal this. So, all right, where were we? So, uh, the Oakland. <laughs> you see, even thinking back to that moment when you got sentenced to them five years, man, even then, it, it, it obviously still fucks with you now, man. You lose your child of thought. Like, that must be fucking devastating, mate, when they said five years to you. What the yeah, fuck, not, man? Because even that's a system, because it's like you're. You got to go, you got to, you know, even if you have a job, I mean, you got to drop, you got to call this number every damn day, see if your color's called or whatnot. You got to go piss. You got to go pay for the piss test. You got to go do this. You got to go pay for uh, this counseling you got to go do. You got to go. Uh, yeah. So now it's like, you got to leave your job. You know, now you could be calling off too much. I mean, thankfully I was still self-employed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I mean, if I was not, I, I see how this cycle just gets you, mm-hmm. you know, you talking to these, these probation officers, who you know think they're higher than thou? Now, not right. all of them, but some of them are like in this position of authority, talking down to you as if like you're this peasant. Mm. So you gotta go there, report, and it's just yeah, it's 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 this yeah, it's it's a very daunting um, scenario, and you can't consume, you couldn't smoke during this, whether you had a medical card or not, um, you could not um, drink, smoke, any of that stuff. So yeah, you're like in this you know self imprisoned prison type mm. thing. So you're not allowed your medication. Yeah, 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 yeah. Without... Okay, how can they do that? How can they stop you having prescribed medication? Well, because um, it's cannabis. Yeah, it's, it's, it's federally in the states. That's the way it is. Yeah, yeah. So, so I was so as that case was being fought, um, and I'm on probation. Now I'm still got to do the entrapment case. The entrapment case gets appealed. I got to go back to court, and then um, they ended up uh, making some. 
no, so the Browner case gets a pill. I'm gonna go back to the Browner case gets a pill. And the reason why I had to appeal it, um, and the court of appeals actually 50 51. So okay. I got two cases went to court of appeals. The Browner case, this this leads to why the entrapment case got kicked back because of the court of appeals was known to not rule in favor because of the judges at that time, which is hence, hence people. It's not just okay to elect who's president every year. You need to pay attention to who the judges are. Okay, yeah, that, yeah, you, you, yeah. It, it it really matters. Your local prosecutor, your local uh, 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 judges, the state supreme court, like all that matters because when things these things these come to fruition, those are the people who are making those decisions. And if you just was like, oh whatever, I'm just going to vote A B C D E, and then those people who are in there are not really for what you believe in, this is what happens. So these people who were court of appeals were not towards marijuana. So when my case got there, they said, A, um, yes, you actually should have been able to mention medical marijuana in your trial. So you get a new trial. I said, oh, okay, cool. Um, and you should have had an affirmative defense. They, they, they didn't allow me to say it, have an affirmative defense. All right, cool. I get to do that. But B, we are going to deem all edibles non-usable marijuana. I'm like, what? So now the Court of Appeals made this universal decision to where they're saying, if I had a, a joint uh, and I sprinkled it in my 16-ounce cup of coffee and your grandma's drinking that coffee, um, that now coffee, that's 16 ounce, becomes a pound. And now your grandma is subject to arrest because any mixture of marijuana in any non-flower substance, they said the only thing that's usable for medical is dry flour is what they said. Just it. Now, what about the people who don't smoke? That's, what about fact? Yeah. Yes. What, what about so essentially if, what they're saying is if you had a cookie that weighed an ounce and you sprinkled a little bit of weed, like half a gram on that cookie, that then becomes an ounce of cannabis. Yes. Yes. Whoa. Yes. And then, yes. And then being, a medical, being a medical patient myself, I fully understand that edibles do a completely different pain relief to me than, than flour does. So and wait the, a minute. That, that's, that's not fair, man. Yes. And now the community, now the case becomes public because now at the time, no one's coming to, you know, no one's gives care, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, but now there's this court of appeal case. Now it becomes case law for the whole medical marijuana community. Now it's like the Brownie case. Who's <laughs> this is going to like, be like a, a legal dis legal uh, situation here. Oh, did, did you refer to the Brownie case? Yes. So <laughs> no, in my case, like people versus Carruthers, people versus like now my case is like now using all these different like they, they almost forgot there's an actual person like behind the name Carruthers. <laughs> the Brownie president, <laughs> please. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, uh. So then, you know, the community, like, you know, he's got us, you know, you have a certain time to actually appeal it. Now, I could have just went back to court and, you know, just, you know, got my new trial, um, got my probation over with, um, or I go to the Supreme Court to hopefully um, get this decision um, reversed so the whole overall community is not at risk for mm. going through what I just went through. And of course... Um, yeah, I know, man. Yeah, I go to the Supreme Court, man. I was like, like fuck it, let's fuck go. We've done this far. Let's go, man. <laughs> I was like, oh, shoot. That's Braveheart Freedom. You know, it's, it's, so, so, yeah, we go to Supreme Court, and uh, I did this. I'm like, oh, now the community behind me. Now, going to Supreme Court is not cheap, nor is it like law and order. 
Like one day, mm -hmm. you know, you get arrested. Next day, dun, 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 dun. like you're in like, no, this is like a whole nother, you know, year oh. process. Um, oh. And, you know, it's taken 20 <laughs> to 30,000 just to go to Supreme Court. Because mm. uh, it's a different type of caliber of attorney that goes there. Yep, um, indeed. So then, you know, I'm like, all right, no, the community is behind me. They're like, yeah, you know, we'll help support. Nah, nah, nah. I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, man, get the community together. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to have a brownie sale. Uh, <laughs> like a big <laughs> I had a bake sale, non-medicated though. It was just, you know, kind okay, of. Okay, yeah, ju just as know. a just as a symbol, yeah. a symbolic yeah, yeah. one. Symbolic. Yeah, yeah, no. I like it. And um, you know, I did this uh, bake sale at the gym that I had just opened up, um, and really, like two people showed up, man. Oh shit! Two oh, shit. people showed up, bro, and raised like thirty dollars, man. And I was just like, yeah. And I was like a little at the moment. I was like, oh man, all this. I was like, you know what? still you gotta go through with this you yes, gotta man. still you still gotta do this i get it you know just as a society until some shit happens to you you really don't care yeah. like even for me like it happened to me like i didn't you know all that stuff that happened to other black people it was them mm -hmm. not me mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. and then that was like you know what i get i get it it's not right um and and this hopefully can shed light on you know maybe we should care before you have to give a fuck yeah um, yeah type thing um so yeah, so I took it to the Supreme Court and they ended up denying the case, but the caveat is because it became legislation. The legislators picked up um, this whole uproar of this case and it created legislation to allow people to consume edibles. So yeah, that's what happened with the Browning case. So what, it was just dismissed or what happened, man? Oh, shoot, yes. So now the Supreme Court, all right, now they didn't hear it. They create legislation and everybody's thinking like, oh, Earl, it's all over. No, I'm I still got charges. I got to go back to court. So I had to go back to court, man. And uh, now, so now, man, I go back to court. This is, this is, man, this is like year five, six on the Brownie oh, case. Damn. On the Brownie case, man. Uh, while I'm still going to now, like, we going back to trial on the entrapment case, the brownie case, like the like everyone in there starts knowing you about. It. It's like cheers now, like everybody. Hey, it's just like no, nah, you know. Um, so well, yeah, so I ended up winning my uh, my affirmative defense hearing. I uh, won my affirmative defense hearing, and guess what they did? Appealed it. They appealed my affirmative. So now I gotta. <laughs> I had oh to go to God. a whole nother year, man, after winning at the county level, thinking case dismissed. They're mm -hmm. like, no, we're going to appeal the judge's decision on your Brownie case. Now the court repeal. Uh, the court you still in jail this whole time? No, no, no. So right. I'm, I'm out. I'm on probation, though. Okay. Like the, and, and they did not lift my felony. So when I went to trial, I was convicted as a felon um, on probation. They did not release that conviction. While I did win my appeal... But and then I won my Oakland County affirmative defense case while I'm still walking around, though, as a felon on no probation, way. having to do all this stuff at the same time. Um, but that's just scandalous. And then what makes this case number three comes up? What case number three? <laughs> what the hell is going on? So now the pressure gets on because I'm fighting this stuff. Um, and I told you I had a, a credit, repair, credit repair business mm -hmm. and um, there was this scenario where I had allowed a friend to use my company 
as a verification appointment. And I get it, you know, it's you, when you're wrong, you're wrong, you know? Um, but I allowed him to use my verification appointment um, and he ended up like defaulting on his mortgage. Uh, but there was a part of this whole, I guess, um, federal investigation for all these homes. Right. Um, and the feds didn't really, at, at the time, you know, I was, what I did was just minute, you know, I was like, all right, well, you know, this, there's bigger things that happen. But because I was fighting these other cases, um, it became, well, we're going to use this as leverage now to put the pressure on to like, stop fighting this stuff. Now <laughs> I can't, like, I'm not, I can't confirm or deny, but like this attorney came to me and said, listen, if you take a plea and stop fighting this, they will drop a fed case. Now it's not usually the states and feds kind of come together with stuff. Um, and they said, well, we will never repeat this outside this room, but I'm just like, well, this is actually a conversation that happened to me. I'm like, no, that's, that's, that's not right. You know, even this, like, what, what am I guilty of? And mm -hmm. then they end up finding me guilty on a federal level of conspiracy to commit conspiracy to commit wire fraud, man. So Ooh. now I got to go away for a year. Oh yeah, my bro. God. You couldn't Went away this, for could you? You know, uh, you couldn't oh. make this shit up, man. It should be a Netflix fucking movie. No, even no, Netflix would be like, nah, fuck, man. Just not down, realistic at all. You know, this shit don't happen in real life. <laughs> Nobody's yeah. going to believe this. <laughs> Netflix it's, man, won't even buy it. it. Do you know, it, it it just sounds like somebody fucked up and they're just constantly trying to cover their ass or cover mm -hmm. up for one person or something like that. Um, yeah, and they're yeah. just trying to screw you every time you win. They go, no, 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 we can't let him win because if we if we do, he's going to fuck us too badly. We have to try to get him on a different chair and they'll just keep trumping yeah. up. Bullshit, man. Yeah, that's man. shit. And that, and that, that was a long year, man. That, <laughs> that, 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 and like you sitting there, like, man, bro, like, yeah, that was, that was tough, man. That was a very tough. How long did you spend in prison altogether or jail? Um, you could say a year, a year and maybe a couple months because of the thirty days, and then yeah. I guess if you count the, you know, three days uh, here being held, and yeah, you, you add all that up, yeah, it's uh. Yeah, and then you know you come out, and, you know it, it does make you feel like you know fuck a lot of things, and and now you have this mental. I see why people there is this high you end up going back rate because mm -hmm. you can get into this mentality of just like you know what whatever, um, doing whatever. But I would say at this point, um, you know, actually, um, you could say spiritually, but but I I, I do believe in God heavily, um, and it's not really that I'm a perfect person and. That's why he accepts me. Like he accepts me for my flaws and how jacked up I am. And that's what makes me feel like I have a relationship and, and that connection. And I tell you, I mean, that is what got me through um, to where it could have been worse. Mm. It could be better, but it's what is. Um, I'm not going to call it good. I'm not going to call it bad. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it just is. And you're going to either let this break you or you're going to grow from it. Um, it's going to let this build you. And, mm -hmm. and that kind of was, you know, when I came out, um, I try to do things now, and I, at, at that point, I'm just like, you know what, I'm 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 just gonna maybe not touch the plant type thing, and that's where like the cannabis therapy network come in. This is all like an hour ago. You asked me about these brands. This is why these things happen. And it, and it, <laughs> tangent. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's what it came about because now I started. All right, I, I did have knowledge. I had you know I had a passion for cannabis. I still wanted to teach about it. That's where the Campus Therapy Network came in. And then the podcast came in to um, help um, spread that same news education and stuff and content through that. 
And then I ended up um, um, still operating. Now the cases are over, so I can actually talk about this. Um, while this was going on, I actually expanded <laughs> to um, two. I had three locations. Now, mind you, yeah, I'm like swimming up this stream with like a little piranha on my penis, another thing biting my leg, and I'm still like swimming with one arm, um, trying to go up and make this happen. Because A, I got to pay for all the court stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and then B, I really felt like at the end of the day, I was going to come out because I felt like I was in the right. If, if you guys, I mean, I'm not trying to convince you. If you thought I was wrong, I was wrong, you know, but if I shot someone, I shot someone. Or if I did something jacked up, I'm not yeah. looking for someone to justify like if I made a bad choice, I made a bad choice, but I really mm -hmm. felt like I was doing what the letter of the intent of the law meant. Mm -hmm. And the reason why a lot of that's, there's a lot of different reasons, but you know, there's, you know, it's capitalism, there's, you know, political reasons, there's racism, you know, all that shit all come together as to, you know, the timing of things. But mm -hmm. I did nothing no different than a lot of these dispensaries are doing to this day, making millions. So I ended up you know, doing this, still taking a risk, man, of, um, I kept, so I ended up moving over across that, that eight mile line where it wasn't raining. Okay. Yeah. So after we got raided, um, and doing those things, you know, I had to, now I started operating, you know, out of Detroit. Um, and, and a lot of the people that followed me, that, that community stayed with me. Yeah. Um, and, and I thought that, you know, they would have been scared. This and that they're like, no, man, you, you know, we, there was this connection. Um, and, and they, were almost risking what they were doing just to continue to support and they wanted so now like that local community was mm. you know a, a help of, of a support too so i end up um then i end up expanding to another location uh on the other side of detroit and then i end up doing this um speakeasy like this like event space it was like not like a it was a it was like a weed easy where it was like Sweet. a members only type thing it was mm -hmm. like this 70s orange velvet looking place with DJs. Uh, no, it was cool. It was like this vibe. It was just like, hey, you cool? Yeah, it was cool, man. So I had that experience. I had two of the clinics type thing going, um, and then the city came in and started regulating um, the medical because in the city of Detroit was so lenient. They had over 300 stores just in the city, bro. In a city <laughs> that has about 800,000 people. Um, <laughs> Because other because other counties weren't so favorable and everyone still was able to eat. There's over 300 stores, but but it became too much. Now the citizens started complaining because like there's just weed stores everywhere. You couldn't yeah. like you like, just smell you know, weed everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So then like they're like, all right, we're gonna put a cap on this. But the city of Detroit actually did something very, you could say, um honorable. They didn't just go raid everybody like other people did. They created zoning um to where these places could be. Mm. And naturally by zoning it cut it down from like 300 to about 75. All right and i happen to have one location that fell in that 75. nice so i'm like oh hell yeah right so i got this location and then you know you got to get a city license now another tough mutter obstacle here city license just like you're going for a state but you got to meet these you know criteria the building's got to be a certain way you know it took about six figures you know, I, I never really got to enjoy, you know, I had to keep reinvesting stuff, you know, mm -hmm. keep doing mm -hmm. this, doing that. So I ended up going through all the obstacle courses, 
I'm about to put my stake in the ground. I got a city license. I'm about to be legit. I don't have to wake up in the morning thinking I'm about to get raided. Case yes. number four. <laughs> <laughs> no. <I'll be. laughs> You're silly. I love you guys, man. Uh, uh, actually, the state came in and sort of each at the time, it was up to each city to kind of regulate these stores, these medical caregiver um, stores. The state came in and now legi- uh, made adult use. So now we weren't just medical. In 2018, mm-hmm. we became adult adult use. And the state uh, created their own licensing program for stores. So your city license didn't mean shit no more. Now you need a state license. So it's like literally the week I got my city license, the state program came into effect. It was just like, oh, come on. Yeah. All right, so then for a break, man. <laughs> and, and do they not reimburse you for the other one? Nope. No, no, oh, no, man. because you, oh, <laughs> no. well, the city, because no matter what, to, to even get a state license, you still need a city license. Oh, okay? fuck. But, but you couldn't just operate on a city license alone. So you still had to have, so, and then each city still created their own rules. So you couldn't just mm. open up wherever. So your state license still had to comply with the city. So because I had a city license already, I kind of had this grandfather rule to still operate while I, as long as I put in my state application. Mm. All right. So okay. I got six months. I got six months to figure out how I'm going to do it. All right. What's the application like? All right. Let's see. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Next lawyer. <laughs> oh, man. The thing was, so you had to have, you had to show a 300,000 capitalization claim. Like wow. 300 grand clean bank account statements. Every single transaction needs to be able to account for where this money came from. Well, you know, that disqualified a lot of people um, mm-hmm. as far as, um, you know, especially people who look like me in the industry um, because, you know, you just didn't have all that and going through the bank account like that. Mm-hmm. Two, um, there was this, um, it was you and your spouse had to go through this financial background check. So, you couldn't just put in like your spouse name. It was like you and your spouse um, through taxes and things like that. And then damn, I was like, damn, I got to get my taxes in order. Um, and then the third one was this criminal background check oh. uh, where, yes, the criminal background check where you couldn't have a misdemeanor within like five years or a felony within 10 fucking brownie case, man. And then this entrapment case. Shit. So it was like, I couldn't, God I couldn't be damn. the applicant. So I'm like, man, have this opportunity. Ah. <sighs> Ah, got an idea. All right. So my wife's stepfather was a retired tax accountant uh, for Ford Motor Company here. Uh, he's an attorney and oh, he's a, a attorney and a tax. He's a tax attorney. So he's a CPA and and he retired and he actually had the money in his 401k. I was like, ah, you know what? We're going to make you the partner or the owner of the company. Mm. I will own the lease. So I know you can't jack me over. Um, and you don't know how to run this business anyway. Um, I'm going to be the uh, highly paid employee um, until the point of time where I can get all my ducks in a row to where I could qualify mm-hmm. and be, you know, on the paperwork. Nothing shady, but just yeah, man. being yeah. create, you know, creative. Yeah, yeah. How creative. We, you know, how we start Playing the game, man. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, done. I'm like, all right. So our right, problem solution, problem solution, problem solution. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so then I'm like, we passed that. All right, the application, all right, now I need money. You need about 60, 70 grand, you know, get the application. Like, it's still like a 600-page application, you know, bank oh, statements. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. Big writing, have, is it? Is it- drawings. <laughs> yeah, it's, you got to hire attorneys. 
you got hired. So then it's just like, all right, you still, you know, hustling. He helped out a lot because he already was a tax attorney. Yeah, um, yeah. So, man, we hustled up, man. I get my application in. And I'm actually the third application submitted in the entire state of Michigan. Man. Woo -woo. Um, <laughs> you're like, yeah, yeah. And then at the time, there's this board. There's a board of directors that actually approves it. It's five people that approves it. Uh, we get to the board. Our application gets up for hearing. Denied. What? Yeah, I told you shit's a movie, brother. This is, come on, man. It ain't that easy. It was happily ever after. Hell no. Nah. Uh, so then you gave some big speech in court. A few people cried, and then they changed their mind. Was, <laughs> no, no. So now, oh, so now I got, got not because we we were disqualified, but because of character. Um, so they could deny you just based upon those, you know, certain things you didn't actually qualify, or there's this ambiguous like who judges like what makes you guys the you know ruler of mm. morality here yeah, of yeah. who got bad character. But um, the applicant actually had a uh, domestic dispute 21 years ago between him and his ex-wife, which, you know, they got a heated conversation. It wasn't like a consistent thing where, you know, they kept, but it was just this argument. Uh, he ended up, you know, like talking, like getting like a misdemeanor or something about it. Um, and the fact that he did not disclose that um, on his application is why oh they- Oh my yeah. gosh. So got denied. I'm out of money. I can't appeal it. And- um, at that point, uh, I'm on a radar. I mean, it's not like they don't know I'm operating. So I had to walk away from that potential. Like I was, I was, this was like the Seahawks versus the Patriots Super Bowl, where all you got, you got the one yard line. Mm. All you got to do is hand it off to Marshawn Lynch and you get a touchdown and you win a Super Bowl. It's like, man, I get this license. You went from, you know, where you were, your trajectory, even if I didn't even operate. You, you could sell that, you know, now I'm in a ball game to where you could sell this coveted license for five, six, $10 million. Yeah. Not alone if I'm actually operating it. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm in that close for the Super Bowl of entrepreneurship and the cannabis industry. Got the night on that, exhausted on funds. Gotta just like walk away, shut down the business, had my moment of wanting to cry. And I was going to open up a um, hot sauce. I was going to get into the hot sauce business. Let me tell you how I was devastated. I went to South Carolina just to get away for a little bit. I saw this hot sauce business where you can go in there and just taste a whole bunch of different hot sauces. I was like, this is the greatest idea ever. I'm going to bring this back to Detroit. And I got the franchise paperwork, man. And I was about to sign it. I was just like, man, what am I doing, man? This is, this is, this isn't me. Yeah, this so then not I, you, yeah. So I started reading the law and trying to see how I can operate. And it's, it's, it did say a person underneath adult use 21 years of age or older can consume in a private residence um, and people can can gather in like a private setting in a private resident. And then that's where I was just like, you know what, I'm gonna start a private club. And that's where the craft canvas club came in. You so, know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we have a private club where we educate with all people to come together for network, uh, networking purposes and share resources um, and to help us get back into the industry and those people who are in the industry also come here um, and kind of help us uh, try to get into the industry as well. So my goal is to get back eventually um, and get a um, state license, um, event license, or maybe a consumption lounge license um, or even a retail license. But uh, yeah, I'm in that now chapter of mm -hmm. trying to get back into doing where I was already at per se. So. Yeah, yeah. 
man. Yeah, man. What yeah. the yeah. fuck? Yeah. 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 You should call you the unstoppable Earl Carruthers, man. You know. And he ain't, he ain't got any grey hair yet either, man. How's he worked yeah. out? <laughs> what, what hair dye are you using there, bro? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for getting to my story a little too much. I don't know if that's what you wanted to talk about. No, but... mate, well, this nah, is how we roll, right. mate. We have, we have conversations. Well, we don't ever talk about anything in specific. We just have conversation. Yeah. No, that was awesome, man. That's it's some fucking mm. story, Earl. I have to say, I don't know if I would. I don't know if I would have not the balls, but just the energy to continue on and, <laughs> yeah, and to it? fight all the way to the end like that. I think I may have given up just after the Supreme Court. Well, I would uh, hope that maybe if the federal government would pass that, that what they're talking about now and the expungement of marijuana con convictions that maybe you could jump back in the game easier. Mm. You know, that, that would always be a hope if the federal government says that it's over and, and we're, we forgive everybody, let's move on. Yeah, and it's and it's, it's it's actually interesting now. Like now, there's social equity programs here in the state, mm -hmm. right. um, and you know they, they give you discounts on application fees, but you still need, you know, to really get yourself um, able to apply. You're still looking at another, you know, fifty to eighty grand. So really, that there much needs to be, really fucking hell. Yeah, they really yeah, are looking, putting barriers go, in front of people, and they're financial barriers. Yeah, yeah. So uh, until there's like capital provided for those who have been fucked up by this war on drugs um let's just say is that unless there's of uh, those who have been disproportionately affected by the war on drugs should have a different lane to go into mm, absolutely um, yeah agreed instead of you're in the same lane and if you do get to the finish line we get a discount on your fee i was like well no. i gotta first get to that point you know what i mean to uh yeah so you know somebody who's been in prison because that was arrested for the possession of cannabis is probably not going to have the money to pay a fee like that. Yeah, just yeah, because their criminal convictions on their record. Yeah, 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 and and you know took all your cars and all that stuff. Mm, you know, like, oh man, yeah. Suckers. But uh, yeah, it's uh, you know, it's uh, it's a journey, man. So yeah, I'm coming from a point of view of you know not like to come lately. Hey, I'm in the industry is kind of you know. Yeah, I got some scars on my back, brother. You know what I'm saying? Um, and you know, it, you know. And this is the thing as well. There's a lot of people like you who have been doing this for a long time and suffered. And then you get all these people, like, especially over the last couple of years with legislation. There's people who have never even touched the joint, opening up companies, right you know, CEO mm. of the board, making millions. That's just wrong mm. on so many levels. All it is is just all of these big, rich boy folk that were in... Pfizer are in mm -hmm. fucking these other companies and they're going, oh, we'll jump on the bandwagon with this green wave. Yeah. It's going that way. Money talks, yeah. man. It is, man. Money talks. And then that's where the, you know, on that same note, it was just like, you see, you know, all this big money, like all these big conferences, you saw them, like even like the Canacons or the, the MJ Biz Cons and all that stuff. A lot mm. of the talk about growing was just all, all these big, large commercial growths, mm -hmm. like 20,000 plants, 10,000 plants, you know, all these, you know, big consultants on, you know, designing big ass facilities. Yeah. And I'm just like, well, what if somebody just wants to grow 12 plants? Yeah. You know, what, what if you just want to grow six? Cause I mean, most states, I mean, some states here, a lot of states in Michigan allow you to, to do home grow, mm -hmm. like six plants or four plants or in Michigan up to 72 or uh, 12. And that's where I was just like, you know what? Kind of like, yeah, you know, fuck big business. 
Yep. Let's let's keep things, you know, small craft um, and really teach people about the craft of cannabis. That's yep. why it's called the Craft Cannabis Club. And that was the homegrown summit was where we reached that was yeah, behind man. that, too, to teach people how to grow this plant at home. It's the um, best shit. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and that's where the homegrown summit came in at, too. So, yeah. Man. Well, we've kept you for like ages, man. I hope you're not in a rush shit. You know. Yeah, I guess I guess some I, I do got some other moves I got to make, man. But I wanted to, you know, this is this has been a long time coming, man. I've, yeah, yeah, for sure, I'm, man. I'm, I'm, really I'm, appreciate I'm you joining us. You guys' show. I'm a, I'm a big fan of your show. Thanks, uh, man. Is, is you, you guys are a great, works, man. You guys are a great show to uh, just put it on, like, trimming. I may put it on, like on 1.5, maybe 1.7. Five speed, okay. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I do. <laughs> I do speed fast. up so I can get through the whole show. <laughs> He's a fast trimmer. That's but, what uh, no, you got. You guys are great, man. You guys are definitely a, a, a staple in in the movement. You know. Thanks, man. Again, not, Appreciate that, bro. You know. We all do our part, man. Indeed. Standing on the shoulders of giants. Exactly, man. I had no idea you had been through all that stuff, though. I, I learned a lot mm. right there. You know. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah, I've never. Yeah, actually, this is probably gonna be the first podcast I actually ever talked about that. So and, uh, exclusive. You know Next time the elections come up, I'm gonna look closer at those judges. Yeah, and it, mm. yeah. Mm. Never think about that too much. You know, I always think, oh, those judges are appointed; they can't do much. But I gotta look at that a little bit closer. We want to know what you're doing as well in the future, because obviously you're always up to something, man. The, the unstoppable old Carruthers. Oh man, no, I, I you know, I, again, I, I give a lot of uh, honor and glory to you know my guiding life that, just that conscious, mm -hmm. that's leading that that intuition which I call there's this higher intelligence and I try to tap into that as much as, and I still go off on my own my GPS I may get off route you know yeah but that <laughs> GPS is <laughs> definitely kind of yeah. yeah it definitely kind of reroutes me as to. You know, there's a greater purpose, and I really feel like I'm in, I'm in line with the higher will um, mm. of what I'm doing now. And uh, I try to make those obstacles not really excuses, but more of opportunities um, to be something or someone that I couldn't have been without going through that. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I try to look at it from a different point of view and not let it um, destroy me per se. Mm. And uh, but yeah, but right now, yeah, the um. The Homegrown Weed Summit, um, I want to make that into a yearly um, where we're doing, you know, last year we did indoor. I'm going to do indoor again. I'm looking to um, really take the same videos, but make it better, make it easier for people to consume uh, with more pictures and vis uh, visuals to help mm -hmm. people yeah, um, you, you did a great job last time, man. That was fucking awesome. Thank you, man. And um, so I plan on doing that. And then I plan on um, eventually open up a, um, a membership and a course. On growing at home and i know there's a lot of different ways on how to grow but you know i, I just do my unique way and those who want to feel it feel it those who don't hey man you can that's do the way it want. is yeah it's man like, that's the way know? everybody should roll you know yeah kind of growing cannabis is an art form mate we all mm. do each each one of us does it our own way we have our own specific signature moves like a wwe wrestler <laughs> you know <laughs> No, one hundred percent. No, it's and, yeah, and there's a lot of different ways to get to the same mm -hmm. goal. And uh, and uh, yeah, that and then the private club, man. Hopefully, um, I can um eventually scale the private. The, the goal for the club, whether you're touching a plan or not, to be, it's a community to where it's global, really, to where 
Um, say right now, if I'm in Michigan, but then I go to LA or I go to New York, there's another craft canvas club where you have reciprocity to where you're a member of that um, mm. and you feel welcomed because mm. it's like-minded people who have this certain vibe about themselves. Not, not, it's not about the money. It's not about your economic background. Not, it's, it's just, you're real. And I feel like there's two different types of people in this world. There's, there's Rams and there's Bams. Um, those, those Rams, those real ass mofos, you know, you know what I'm saying? And, and then, and then there's Bams, bitch ass mofos. And there's a lot of Bams out here. Okay. Um, and, and I want to build a community of Rams and definitely, you know, the whole show here is full of Rams. So that's what's up. Legend. Nice. <laughs> Man, it's been a pleasure. I wish we could talk for longer, but I'm, not, I'm sure you got things to do, man. I appreciate it, fam. I appreciate yeah. it. And then, uh, we yeah, should do this again sometime uh, soon. Yeah, you know, whenever you yeah. want to come on again, give us a shout, man. You're always welcome. Seats always Thank you, time. man. Mm -hmm. I feel honored. I feel honored. I'll be amongst the highly profiled guests you guys have, man. <laughs> <laughs> Epic, man. Oh, where can people find you? Our listeners find you online. Oh, thank you, brother. Um, really, the, the Cannabis Therapy Network. Um, that's what we have our YouTube channel. Uh, cannabis therapy network. Um, I'm really trying to get the message out to really make cannabis as therapy just normal again. Um, mm -hmm. It's not like it's new. It was normally used as therapy, as therapy, and and medical reasons. But just making getting back to that, and I think if we get back to that, it'll help remove this stigma that still lingers. Mm -hmm. if we just view it from a therapeutic point of view. So that's what mm -hmm. you know. G three was the name of the place that got rated. I kept that, but it's now rebranded as the Cannabis Therapy Network. Um, mm -hmm. So um, yeah, the Cannabis Therapy Network on YouTube, uh, CannabisTherapyNetwork.org, and then a Cannabis Therapy Podcast on iTunes and, and Spotify and all that jazz. So yeah, big, yeah. So, you know, everybody download it. I know, I know why people are gonna go out and download your podcast, man. They're gonna love Thank it. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it, man. Thank it's you. Cannabis Therapy. TV's on it already. Oh, yeah. Sweet. All right, thanks, Tano. We appreciate you, right, man. Family. We'll speak soon. All right, brother. Take care. Yeah, Stay out of trouble. Watch thanks, out for that. Watch <laughs> out for that copy. You. Right, you, man. All right, brother. All right, thanks. Take care, bro. Slam, Bye. buddy. Bye, bye. Nice. Yeah, what a legend, he's, man. I tell you, he's had some <laughs> fucking task of it, hasn't he? I just love yeah. how he he just hasn't stopped, man. It's like, no, fuck you. Let's do it again. No, yeah. fuck you. Oh, I'm not fucking giving up, man. I'm still coming for you, you bastard. He's still coming. He's trying to get your way around it any way he can still, man. <laughs> nice. I hope you all enjoyed the interview. If you want to know more about Earl, then head over to CannabisTherapyNetwork.org and you'll be able to find his podcast there and YouTube videos and find out about the shows he does and the different content he puts out there across the internet. So go over there and download a few episodes of his podcast, man. Let us know what you think. Uh, I think you'll all enjoy it. It's the similar kind of content as what we put out. And he's a good, funny guy. I think everybody will enjoy his podcast. So check it out, man. Let us know what you think. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you on Sunday. And if not, you'll be able to download a new episode next Tuesday. Enjoy the rest of your week. Stay high. And don't forget to sign up to percysgrowroom.com. Uh.